Chapter 16 We waited, frozen. My friends peered through the darkness. A bolt of lightning split the sky and illuminated the approaching vehicle. That's a pickup truck moving over there, Marco said. Looks like it's riding around the various pastures, or enclosures, or whatever. It's so dark, what can they possibly see? Rachel wondered. They could have night vision glasses, Marco said. They could see plenty, like, say, an andalite. I believe that if I keep my tail lowered and my arms down by my sides, I would look enough like a cow or steer not to be noticed, I suggested. Give it a try, Rachel said. I landed near a knot of steer. They were standing around, making lowing sounds from time to time. They were indifferent to the presence of an owl in their mists. I focused my thoughts on demorphing. Within seconds, I was rising from the muddy cow feces strewn ground. Up and up I grew. My feathers gave way to sleek blue fur. My stock eyes re-emerged, much to my relief. It is wonderful to have an owl's night vision, but nerve-wracking to be unable to see in all directions at once. It's like being half-blind. For a moment, I thought the steer might panic. They did not. However, they did decide to move away from me. I tried to stay with them. Not an easy thing to do with two tiny legs sticking out of your chest and your hind legs nothing but large talons. I staggered and fell face down in the mud. Lightning flashed. Thunder exploded. And I heard Marco say, That truck may be heading this way. Hard to tell. All I see is headlights. I continued demorphing. At this point, it was more advisable to complete the morph and become fully endolite. As an endolite, I might conceivably pass as a steer. But in my present condition, I could be nothing but some horrid genetic mutation. As I picked myself up out of the mud, I, too, could see the headlights, illuminating rain that had begun to diminish. I hugged my arms to my body. I tucked my tail down along my back, which enlarged my profile. I bent my head forward, doing my best to simulate a steer's head. I even twisted my stalks forward to simulate horns. It was not a bad deception, all in all. I was proud of myself but also just a bit embarrassed. Steer are clearly not sentient animals. My ability to pass as one merely amused Marco. Hey, Axe, why is it when I look at you, I start thinking about special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions on a sesame seed bun? Here comes the truck, Rachel warned. Looks deer-like. I did my best. I kept my profile turned to the road. I looked most cow-like from that angle. Then... It's stopping, Rachel cried. Axeman, guys are getting out of the truck. I don't see any weapons, Murko said tersely. But... well... I do see beer bottles. 
It's a bunch of college kids. I could hear loud, almost hysterical giggles. And now I could see the humans, four of them, attempting to climb the fence into the field. One fell down in the mud. The others all laughed. They're faced, Marco said. What's this about? These aren't security guys. Not unless the yurts have gotten really laid back. The four young males staggered and wallowed and half-crawled out onto the field. One of them made a lunge for a steer. He missed and fell. He lay on his back, unmoving. The other three headed toward me. If I moved, I would not move like a steer. My best plan would be to remain motionless. The humans were quite likely to pass me by. But that hope did not last long. The humans came for me. They weaved and wandered, but the essential thrust of their digressions was toward me. What should I do? I asked the others. Is this an attack? I don't think so, Tobias said. In fact, I think I know what they're up to. It's called cow tipping. Of course, Morco said. Cow tipping. It's like a dumb fraternity thing. Kindly explain this cow tipping, I asked. Well, well, basically, you go out in a field and push a cow over. Why? I don't know, Morco admitted. But it generally involves being profoundly drunk. Why? Because it's too idiotic to do sober, Rachel said, exasperated. Perfect. We don't have enough bull to deal with. Now we have drunk, stupid frat guys. They will reach me in a few seconds, I said. Use your tail. Cut their heads off, Rachel said disgustedly. There'll be no loss. Besides, these jerks are driving. Remove their heads? She's kidding, Tobias said. Perhaps I could do something less drastic, I suggested. The three inebriated humans came close and stopped. Even stopped, they continued to move in a weaving, weaving pattern, as though they were being blown by a very strong wind. That's a weird-looking cow, dude, one of the humans said. Cow? That's no cow, man, unless I'm really... Whap! 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 I snapped my tail three times. Shlump! 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 What did you do? Marco cried. I hit them with the flat of my blade, I explained. I applied the necessary force to the sides of their heads. I believe they are unconscious. I believe they'll stay that way for a while, too, Rachel said with a laugh. Okay, Axe, acquire some beef and let's haul. Yes, I would like to make it home in time to watch the Brady Bunch. It is a story about a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. Chapter 17 the next day, I performed the morning ritual solemnly. 
I repeated the words that spoke of freedom, duty, and obedience, spreading my arms and bowing at the appropriate times. The destruction of my enemies, my most solemn vow. I straightened up and assumed the fighting stance. I, Aksamili Eskarth Isthil, and elite warrior cadet, offer my life. I drew my tail blade against my throat, then relaxed it. I was done. As it was designed to do, the ritual gave me strength of purpose that morning. Even here on Earth, I was serving my people, Andalites and humans. Ready? Tobias asked as he coasted down out of a perfect blue sky. The rain had blown away in the night. The morning was the type of weather that humans consider perfect. Warm, but not too warm. A few white clouds, but not enough to obscure the sun. Yes, I am ready. Maybe I need a morning ritual, Tobias suggested. I mean, something beyond passing a pellet and eating a mouse. Something with some meaning. My morning ritual is imposed on me by my society, I pointed out. Your society, human society, does not impose a similar requirement. Unless you consider drinking coffee and scarfing a toaster strudel a ritual. I do find the ritual helpful sometimes. On days when I expect to face danger, for example. But it causes me to miss some of the banter between Katie and Matt and Al. Who and who and who? They are the humans who appear regularly on the Today Show, I explained. Uh-huh. I haven't caught that lately. They are taking an in-depth look at exercises to trim the fat from problem areas such as thighs, upper arms, and hips. I began to morph to Harrier. Minutes later, I was flying. I fly often, but I have never come to see it as normal. Walking like a human is merely tedious and annoying. But flying like a hawk is the most wonderful experience imaginable. I opened my wings, flopped them up and down, tucked my talons up beneath me, and spread my tail to increase my lift. Suddenly, I was no longer tied to the ground. We flew along the treetops till we found a thermal. A thermal is a pillar of warm air that rises from heated ground. It fills your wings and lifts you almost effortlessly. We rose to a hundred feet, high enough to escape the notice of most humans on the ground. And we flew toward a meeting with the others at the feedlot. It was a much more pleasurable flight than the earlier one. Now I could see to put the feedlot in context. Human habitations tend to cluster in ever tighter proximity. The tightest clusters are called cities. As one moves out from the tight center, wider spaces appear. These are suburbs. Beyond the suburbs, the spaces grow, until soon, open fields are more prevalent than dwellings. According to Marco, this is known as Gooberville. 
or the middle of nowhere. The feedlot was at the vague border of the suburbs and Gooberville. I saw a number of other birds of prey in the sky ahead. They were spread far apart and at different altitudes. I spotted Rachel first, with her huge eagle wing spread. Prince Jake, in his peregrine falcon morph, was the smallest, but also the fastest. We spiraled down to the field. Our plan was simple. We had used the stapler to remove ear tags from the two relevant steer the night before. We now had the tags. Tobias and I were to morph the steer, and Cassie would affix the ear tags. We had left the stapler at the site. A simple plan. Or so we thought. Chapter 18 Tobias and I had the easy part, really. We picked out a cluster of steer and landed in the mud between them. The steer showed no interest in us. Prince Jake stayed in the air overhead, keeping watch. Cassie and Rachel and Marco landed in various areas outside the lot, fairly distant from one another, so that we didn't look like a suspicious collection of birds of prey. Me first, Tobias said. That way I can cover you. I concentrated on not being trampled by the slow-moving steer as Tobias began his morph. Morphing is never predictable. It does not always follow a logical course. Different parts morph at different speeds, in different sequences. In this case, it was the cowhead that began to appear first. It was, to say the very least, bizarre. Tobias's short hooked beak softened and began to extrude. It grew out as it grew flabby. Soon it was nothing more than loose flaps of unsupported skin. The skin was still covered with brown feathers. Tobias's own furious hawk eyes widened and rounded and seemed to fill with moisture. They no longer looked fierce. They looked, well, stupid. He began to grow all over but still the feathers persisted for a long time, only melting into short brown fur at the very last moment. His hooves appeared, almost complete, at the end of his tiny hawk legs. His wingtips began to curl and harden, and form hooves as well. Only then did his wings stretch into steer legs. But at last, he was fully formed. Fully formed and quite large and seemingly agitated. Tobias, you are in danger of stepping on me. Sorry, I... I don't know. I just feel kind of... antsy, you know? Restless. Like I'm annoyed. Like I'm looking for trouble. Are you finding these steer instincts difficult to control? I asked. Not difficult. Just caught me by surprise. I assume Steermorph would be pretty laid back. Anyway, your turn. Of course, I had two changes to make, not one. First, I had to demorph to Endolite. Once again, the steer began to move away, depriving me of cover. But Tobias snorted at them and took a little trot around the edge of the knot of steer. 
After that, they stayed still. It was odd. It was as if the steer were afraid of Tobias, or at least deferential. It should have been a clue that we had a problem. But I was insufficiently familiar with cows and steer to realize what had happened. Truck's coming, Jake reported. Still on the main road, but let's pick it up. Cassie began crossing the field toward us. This was dangerous, of course. Humans are expected to wear certain artificial skin for certain occasions, and Cassie's morphing suit was not appropriate for this occasion. She was barefoot and wearing only a simple but brightly colored, skin-tight outfit. Barefoot black chick in day-glow spandex stomping through the cow pies, Cassie had said. That'll be real smooth. I became fully indolent, keeping my upper body ducked down behind Tobias's bulk. The change was far less severe than many I have endured. I began with four hooved legs, and I ended with four hooved legs. I doubled, if not tripled, in weight, but my basic body configuration was not radically altered. There were still changes, though. A cow tail is not at all like an endolite tail. A cow tail is no danger to anyone. And, of course, my arms disappeared, shriveling and withering until they seemed to suck into my body. I acquired a mouth, a very large mouth, and very large nostrils, and big, vacuous, moist, dark eyes. There was nothing exceptional about the steer senses. Its sense of smell was good, but from what I understand, nothing like the intensity of a canine's sense of smell. Its hearing and sight were fair, but less acute than a human's. The single oddest fact was that my eyes were separated by an enormous face that dominated my field of vision. I could see to the left and to the right, but most of straight ahead was filled with my own long muzzle. But Tobias was wrong. There was nothing agitated or restless about this morph. On the contrary, it was very... Um, Axeman? I think you messed up. You're a cow. No, I am a steer. No, you're a cow. You have an udder. You acquired the wrong kind of cow. Oh. I demorphed. I acquired a steer. This time, I checked. I morphed again. And now, I learned Tobias had been correct. The steer's mind was not docile, not passive. In fact, I was angry. And with very good reason. There was a bull nearby. There was also a human, but she did not matter. I glared at the bull. He glared at me. I snorted and pawed the ground. It was like watching myself in a mirror. The bull did the same. It was unavoidable. The pasture only had room for one of us. I would have to attack him and force him to run away. Cassie! I heard Prince Jake call down from high above. They look like they're squaring off to fight. Uh-oh, Cassie said.
Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, thank you for listening. I don't have any new messages or announcements this week, and I do have a lot of chores I've been putting off that I need to get to, so let's, uh, I'm gonna make this one a little bit brief, I think. Uh, one thing I want to point out is, uh, spotted a continuity error here. Which is not too surprising since we are in the Ghost Rider era, but uh, in this one, Axe mentions that he uh, thinks the cow's sense of smell is pretty good, but from what he understands, isn't as good as a canine's. Axe, my boy, you've been a canine. You morphed wolf, um, like two books ago when you were in the South Pole or whatever. Um, so, you know, do better. <laughs> Other than that, uh, thank you so much for listening. Again, I don't I don't have any messages, but if you'd like to send a message, you can send it in so many ways. We've got a Gmail account, that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. We've got a Tumblr account, that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Uh, we have a website, that's theapocalypse.com. The Apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, you can also tweet at me on Twitter. Uh, I guess it's, it's for, you know, however long. Uh, it doesn't look good over there, huh? Uh, if anyone has a Blue Sky uh, invite and wants to send me one, seems like where all the cool kids are going. Um, but for now, Twitter is at Audiomorphs. Uh, that's also where I'll post if I'm ever late, which might be next week. I got some stuff going on. We'll see. Um, and uh, also, you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and I'll read that as well. Um, other than that, uh, again, I, I don't really got anything else, and I have other stuff to do tonight, so thank you so much for listening once again, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>